Welcome to the Remember the Light podcast, where I, Sherelle, unravel the story behind the healers, shamans, energy workers, and other light workers who help us to remember who we truly are. So today I'm interviewing Green Witch and Intuitive Transformation Coach Candle, aka Living Earthy. And it's gonna be a very juicy conversation in which we talk about what it means to be a green witch, the importance of stepping into your true self, letting go of the how and how to protect yourself if you're too energetically open, if you start seeing entities, for instance. But before we go into the inter- into the interview, I like to give you an update of how things have been around here and... You know, I share these live updates because I am this curious person who always wants to know all and everything about people, um, what their life looks like, um, what they are currently doing, um, where they came from, and so hence the podcast. Um, So I like to be open about what's going on with me too, just to be transparent and to Feed your curiosity in case you are a curious person like me. But, you know, you're always welcome to press fast forward and skip this part if you don't want to hear some vulnerable fellow human shares. Uh, So, yeah, so for me, the past few weeks have been interesting I've truly been feeling a lot of Plutonic and Kali energy, energy of transformation, of letting go of death, of making space and letting go and simplifying. And I think it's just so on point that I am currently in the midst of moving houses because I know I'm not the only one feeling this energy. This is a collective energy that's been going on and it's astrologically, but also I feel there's just really a raise in vibration going on in Earth, which of course is going on all the time, but it's so potent. And there, of course, there's the change of the seasons and autumn is about letting letting go and then winter about turning inward. But I can't but help think that me moving houses is so perfectly planned and when I think back at how I found this apartment I'm moving into it's just it feels just so divinely guided and when people say this I always feel like why am I never divinely guided and how do you get divinely guided and I don't know I just listened to my feelings about this apartment and I decided that yes my opinion matters and I said I want this apartment and now I'm done with it period so maybe that's how I don't know but I'm just really not surprised that my moving adventure is just so divinely timed not really I mean so there's that going on. Me literally Mary condoing my stuff, seeing what sparks joy and what doesn't. And I have to say, guys, that things that don't spark joy, you can feel this. 
there were so my parents moved when was that um two years ago uh to a very tiny house not a tiny tiny house but just a a small house and so they put all my childhood stuff which i still had held on to um right into my living room in the apartment i live in now so there have been these boxes for the past couple of years which i opened every once and again and sometimes i throw one out and sometimes i quickly close it again because i couldn't face the um, the ghost in the closet or the skeletons in the closet really and but now I really have to and I must say there's boxes going out of the door very quickly which I am happy about but like this Marie Condoing when you are you open a box and you can't face it because of all the skeletons I mean then it doesn't spark joy does it so it's not that hard and I think it's really really liberating to get rid of all this stuff um and then of course there's also still a lot of stuff which i'm not ready to to say goodbye to and you know i feel that's okay too and it's so interesting because well i'll get into a rant on the girl boss tribe later in this update um but i feel like i'm just not someone who makes changes quickly i'm a bit of this late bloomer always been um i feel like processes like letting go of stuff just takes time for me too healing takes time for me too everything takes time and that's fine i mean i gave up on a magic pill long ago so why should there be a magic pill on letting go of stuff i don't know so yeah there's still a lot of stuff i'm hanging on to and then there's still a lot of stuff on ebay marksplatz and I'm bringing boxes to the thrift store because this is the part I find hardest to really um, throw stuff in the trash bin because that just feels so painful for me that I would be harming the earth by it going into landfill. Um, so yeah, I try to bring as much stuff to the thrift store, but I don't want <laughs> to like burden the thrift store with stuff they can't do anything with either so yeah anyway i'm letting go and it really feels like a death of a chapter also the chapter of living in the house i'm now in and death also is a card in the terror which i've been pulling lately as well um and to clear up misunderstandings if you're not familiar with the tarot death the death card doesn't mean death it means an ending and i've experienced this so many times um just before someone i was dating with that um he didn't want to date me anymore i pulled the, te- the death card i was like oh no 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 this is ab- not about me but of course it was um and then now when i'm leaving this house so it's truly about endings and I was actually happy to pull this card because for me it felt very confirming you're ending this and there will be space for a new start um, after you've moved and I don't want to make this too much of a fairy tale in which you know you can run away of your problems by you know you know these people which I'm always very um, 
a little annoyed by basically they they say well i'm going to be a digital nomad and i'm going to travel the world and then i'm like yeah but you have all these problems going on and it's not as if by you traveling the world the problems will go away so i don't want to imply that it's just that yeah i feel very confirmed and that this is an ending and yeah, there's just a death going on in my business as well. And that's what I'm going to sh- gonna share a little about. Because I don't usually share a lot about running a business and life as an entrepreneur. Mainly because I don't want to follow the girl boss stripe. I follow the stripe in the past. Hugely, hardly, hustlingly. But it somehow feels majorly out of alignment this point and I feel it has been for a while and the general girl boss way is just not the way in which I want to run my biz and it's funny because one of the girl boss taglines tend to be break the rules leave the red race blah 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 things I love I love leaving red races and I am the secret rule breaker which people don't often um see me for but but I tend to break the rules in a way my dad does this too and he said no I'm always says no no I'm not breaking the rules I'm just being creative I love that I think that goes up from goes on for me as well so but then when I look at this global stripe I don't see anyone breaking the rules or leaving the right ways I just see them copying all one another Wanting to belong to this girl boss tribe. Wanting to be one of the sought after coaches. And the 10k people. And they're just creating a new red race for themselves. I don't know about that. And of course this is me generalizing. There are exceptions to this rule. And those tend to be the people that are most inspiring. In the girl boss tribe. But for me... I follow this tribe, I ran my ass off after them in this new red ways without results that I really wanted. And then I'm not just talking about clients or money. And again, I've talked about money in previous episodes. I think money is just so important. It's so liberating. So yeah, I would have se- would have liked to see more results in money as well. Um, But really the feeling I wanted to feel, the life I wanted to create, didn't come to pass by running after the girl was tripe. And I feel like it won't in the future either. I think that by saying all this, you can sense that I look at doing business from a whole different perspective. And I do. I won't be surprised if at some point I will start guiding you in creating a business that is in pure alignment with your true self. But not now, not yet, because that's just not an alignment for me yet. It's not not what my true self wants me to put out in this world right now. And... What I will do, though, is share a little about my own business. Because the skin I was wearing of finding clarity and confidence by stepping into your true self didn't feel comfortable anymore. Even though 
I still 100% believe that by stepping into your true self, you get clarity and confidence. And by finding clarity and confidence, you will be able to step into your true self more. This is just fact for me. And that you will experience major shifts when you meet your true self and you start stepping into her. But having it at the core of my business didn't feel right. Not because I thought it was unethical or anything. No, it it just felt something was missing. And it just was like a coat that didn't fit anymore. And I've shed a lot of coats that didn't fit anymore in the past. Which is okay. So... I took my hands off the business. I stopped. I didn't stop anything really. I just took my hands off. And instead of starting to hustle. You know this thing that when you. that Oh no. I don't know what the next step will be in my business. You are like. Oh my god. So what I'm gonna. I need to go do something right now. I. Um. Need to go take all these free girl boss webinars or buy all the Find Your Why courses. And I did none of that. I just let my business be and let myself be. So that a conversation with my business could open up. And this is something that I learned from my own coach, Vera, um, who I'll tag in the show notes. And it's a practice which I made my own in a little different way and so my business started whispering to me not in a voice but just in showing me things by putting signs on my path by putting new perspectives and discoveries on my path which I no way would have seen if I hadn't taken my hands off if I instead had burned myself out on find your right courses so and the things that fell right in front, that fell right in front of my feet were just so, so mind-blowing. So obvious in a way that this was the course that I had to take. It just felt, was just like these new pieces of the puzzle, new pieces of my true self basically that fell into place. And I have been there all along and I'm still working it out for myself. How this is transforming my business and my personal growth because really... To go hand in hand. And that's also exactly why I don't believe in building your website once. Creating your Insta bio once. You grow. Your business grows. You and your biz are just living things. So is your website. So is your Insta. Everything is changing all the time. Look outside. I mean, you can't deny this. And yes, yes, I've heard business coaches tell me to not change all the time. To not confuse my audience. What is more confusing than not speaking my truth, not speaking your truth? I mean, I can't force myself or my biz to be something that I'm not. Sorry, not sorry. So what is it that is changing in me, in my business? I am not putting words to that yet. As I'm still in the process of journaling that all out... Um, but it won't be long before you'll notice the change. And it will and will it be a whole change which I will announce loudly on social media? No, it will not. I think all change is gradual. And when winter comes, it doesn't put up banners in the sky that say winter has started, everything is different now. 
It doesn't. So I don't either. And you'll just notice what's changing. You'll see it. You'll feel it. You'll sense it. And most of all, you'll vibe it. Or you won't. And in that case, our paths probably are not going parallel anymore. And that's okay too. So I was going to say one more thing, which I somehow can't recall right now. Which is okay, as it probably doesn't want to be said right now. But yeah, so this is my sharing on change and doing business. And by sharing these more vulnerable updates, I just really hope to inspire you in some way. To activate some stuck energy inside of you or to just spark some thoughts or new perspectives. Yeah. So as I mentioned today, I am interviewing Greenwich Candle. And I love this conversation. I found Candle on Instagram a couple months ago because she was taking the Yes Supply coaching training which I was considering to sign up for and which I did choose to enroll for and went to Canada for in September. And as it happened to be, Kendall was assisting during this training in Canada. And so I met her in real life, which was so fun. And at the end of the training, she organized a truly magical moon circle for our class. And Kendall truly inspires me. She walks her talk. Um, she she is stepping into her true self and one of the girls in the training called her a fairy which I think is just so true and so correct a description of Kendall even though I'm not sure if she agrees with this and so Kendall I hope you're okay with me saying this and yeah so you can check out Kendall on Instagram via at living earthy and then now Without further ado, let's head into the interview. Hi, Kendall. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Such a pleasure to have you here and to to chat again since we met in Toronto a couple weeks ago at the Yes Supply training. I actually found you a couple months before when you were going through the training yourself because you were now in Toronto to assist Reese who, who does the trainings. And then I had the possibility to meet you um, during my training, which was so fun. And we had, as a closure, you organized this wonderful moon circle. Yeah, Yeah, it was just so, so wonderful. So can you tell us who are you and what do you do? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it was so good getting to meet you in person before doing this and yeah, and that training was always, always so good. So it was a pleasure to get to assist. And um, yeah, my name's Kendall. I I live in California. Um, I'm an intuitive transformation coach and energy worker and also green witch. <laughs> and yeah, just, you know, love all things, nature, plants, movements, all that good stuff. Yeah. And you, so as an energy worker, I think you mainly mean you do Reiki and things like that, right? Mm-hmm, yep. So I practice Reiki and um, some other like somatic forms of energy movement, but Reiki is the main, the main form. Main form. And so you just called yourself a green witch. And I'm always curious because I've, I've asked this question before in the podcast, but what does the term witch mean to you? Mm, yeah and I think that can vary so much and there can be you know different kinds of witches and some people will say it's like you're only a 
a real witch if you're in a coven, which, you know, for some people that's true. And that's not what I prescribe to. I think, um, especially with the term green witch, it's, you can totally be on your own. It's really just like witchcraft is like having a practice. It's not a religion, like, like Wiccan or anything like that. It's really just having some sort of like practice with that. And for me, being a green witch is, is really about aligning with the earth's seasons and cycles and rhythms and, um, you know, using plants for healing and giving back to the earth. And, um, you know, and I have, have like certain rituals and practices, but I don't necessarily prescribe to any specific thing. Hmm. And how did you come onto this path of, of the witch, the witch path? You know, it's, it's something that I feel like has always been within me and I didn't really pay attention to, especially in like my teen years and younger years, I kind of lost that connection and um, it took a while to find it back. But it's funny, I was with one of my oldest friends a few weeks ago and she was like, you know, when we were in like second grade, you, you told me, you th I think I'm a witch and I have no recollection of this. But just like hearing that, it's like I know there was something happening within me that I just had this knowing. And hearing that I said that as a kid, like so seriously, too, it wasn't like we were playing around. It was like, I think that that's what I am. Um, you know, it's been a part of me. Um, but it really unfolded more a few years ago as I stepped more onto this path of like oh, deepening my connection to my soul and unraveling what I feel my mission is here and deepening my connection to the earth. So you you started basically on exploring who you truly are and that's how you got um, back in touch with your richness? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So there was there a turning point or some event that happened that made you go inwards or that, that set you on this path of seeking? Mm, yeah, there was quite a few and... And I feel that with these growth changes, there's often a tipping point where, you know, you can't really go back to old ways of being anymore. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there was a few points that were kind of getting me here and then fell back and getting here and fell back and then eventually hit the tipping point. Um, but one of the big ones was like six or seven years ago um, after a toxic relationship that I was in ended um really badly it was you know verbally not a good situation emotionally not a good situation spiritually not a good situation and um finding that at the end I was feeling guilty about the way they were treating me like I felt like it was my fault and I like didn't know how to be alone and could see how it was just like destroying me internally So after like months of that afterwards, finally realized that something needed to shift and like that I needed to learn how to, how to actually enjoy being alone, not just like survive alone, but actually love just being me and, and started just diving into spending more time alone in nature and journaling and meditating and um, going to like holistic centers like apothecaries and And that really started to open up this path. And there were some cycles from there. And, and eventually um, there was that tipping point where I was like, this is just me. This is my path and um, want to help others do the same. Mm, yeah. And I think that these events that feel so 
difficult in the moment or unfair or hard or they can lead to such wonderful growth and transformations and that's what i hear from you as well you 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 got out of this toxic relationship and it was very hard and you were blaming yourself but until you realized something and it allowed you to to become more of who you are oh yeah and in the moment i did not see that at all but now i'm so grateful for that time and so grateful that that person came into my life for the things that I learned because if they hadn't I might not be doing this work I might not be this embodiment of who I really am and and now I can look at situations that are tough with that perspective in the moment like what can I learn from this now um what is this helping me grow into what is this expanding me into instead of waiting until a year after it's done to to see what the learning was Yeah, exactly. And I think this is so important to keep in mind. But at the same time, I also think that sometimes, especially in, I don't know, in the the new spiritual online communities, there is a tendency to then um, bypass the the pain and just say, like, oh, well, you'll learn something from it. And I think there's, it's, it's, there's two sides on this. I, I think that it's important to really sit with your feelings and and the difficulty as well as learning the lessons from it. Totally. Yeah, there is definitely a lot of spiritual bypassing out there and and I'm all for love and light. And so yeah, I agree that sometimes though in that in, in that space there can be this like bypassing of difficult emotions and that just lets them be pushed down and linger and come up when we're not paying attention, like passive situations. Um, So there's definitely a balance of the experiencing, processing, feeling, and also not letting yourself get so stuck in it that that you're like looping in a pattern. Mm -hmm. And you just mentioned that, well, as a child, you already told a friend that you thought you were a witch. Mm -hmm. And do you think that... Do you have any idea where you got that from? Do you think it's a past life thing or something you just picked up on from stories and resonated with? You know, I it's hard to say because I don't remember what it was in that moment that um that I felt that I was, but I do have some recollections of like thinking I was um experiencing like spirits as a kid. Um mm. and that could have been part of it. And I don't, I don't think I really had a ton of, you know, stories of witches around me other than like Sabrina, the teenage witch in those TV <laughs> shows. <laughs> and, but I do feel that, that there is some past life connection to, to witches. And I think that's, that's coming back out now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's coming back out now collectively as well for all he- healing the, the, the witch wounds. Mm. Mm, totally there's a lot of wounds there and a lot of still misconceptions and when we can like actually learn the history and and heal now we can heal back those generations too yeah absolutely absolutely and it's it's interesting that it comes back out now in this time but probably also because it's this is a time in which it's, it's important that we reclaim um this witchiness of ours Mm, yeah yeah definitely I mean 
and it's a time now when more than ever that it's like safe for women to speak up like of course it's still tough and it's mm -hmm. still going to take some effort but in most areas at least like where where i live it's physically safe to speak your mind usually so people are able to speak up more and with social media we're able to speak up and reach more people and yeah we'll get some judgment but for the most part we're physically safe so it's like that's i think that's a big part of why it's coming out now too yes and so you mentioned that you have some recollections of seeing spirits as a kid um do you still see spirits sometimes the last time was um hmm, it was actually a year ago about a year ago um around halloween last year and it you know it was pretty unnerving and at the time i wasn't ready for it and i kind of I had to set some boundaries around that because it left me really ungrounded for a few days and I didn't feel like in my body and like I couldn't really focus on things. So um, actually out of fear, it kind of shut some, a lot of the things even feeling or hearing or um, knowing a lot of those things kind of shut down for a bit after that, the fear had like shut it down. So it took some work to then kind of reopen myself but in a way that feels mm. okay for me and like learn how to set the energetic boundaries like I don't necessarily want to see things externally I don't think it's like actually useful whereas like feeling and knowing and maybe even hearing I could use that information to help people yeah and if if someone like relates to this and says well I've been seeing things lately and I don't know what to do or how to cope, what would you advise? Mm. I would say find, I mean, find some community and support to talk to about it who understand. And also know that, that you are so, you have so much power within you and you get to discern like what your experience is. So if you don't want that, you can, you know, whether it's your guides or God or whatever works for you, you can have a conversation about that and just set that boundary and, and practice energy protection too. And just know that you can, you can ask these things to leave. Like this is your, this is your space, your reality. And you do get, you do get a say in what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there's a lot of um, things we don't yet know as well around this. You, you mentioned energy protection and, I think most of us are familiar with um, like practices of creating uh, an egg of light around yourself and protecting you in that way. And I think this is so much more powerful than we tend to think it is because it, it sounds just so, I don't know, so simple, um, which might degrade um it's power in in our what we think its power is well it's it can be very powerful as we as it's just and i think this is this also comes back to the witchiness i think this is basically one of the witchy practices that we've forgotten oh totally yeah and and oftentimes the simplest things are the most powerful and we think we have to go through this whole huge ritual or ceremony to protect ourselves and you and sometimes that's great but like the simple things it works it really does and just knowing that like it's not just um 
it's not just a made-up thing to create this energy protection around you it's like this it's like your aura it's actually something that can be now um even scientifically you know proven that that our energy expands out from our body and and we do have that power within us to use whenever we want mm-hmm. so true so true so you started w- walking the, the witch path and or basically your own path with the energy work and you do this intuitive transformations uh, for people um, and by choosing this path so i i know that you met a lot of resistance from others mm-hmm. um How did you keep moving forward and trusting that you were on the right path? Mm, Yeah. And, you know, there's always going to be resistance in some form or another. And it's just like, do you keep going anyway? And um, for me, um, I just had such a strong desire for living a different way. I, you know, I, um, I don't like to just fall into line and, do things how everyone else do it does it like looking at um family members or other people close to me who were miserable in jobs decades later or getting divorced and never you know never really like owned other parts of themselves so it's like I can't just fall in line like with this I mean you know we have more more than one life but mm-hmm. with this life that I can at least remember right now I don't want to just fall in line and, and waste the potential And, you know, life is too precious and too short for that. So I had to just keep going regardless. And, and you having community around was really helpful for that helpful for both um, support and for expansion. Um, I had this actually amazing weekend early last year that really helped help me dive into this path even deeper. It just like opened up this inspiration. It was a weekend in Utah with four other women and it was just like such a witchy weekend. These women were also on this path and so inspiring. And um, a lot of the intuitive things started opening up then. And it was like, Whoa, like when I'm with these powerful women, like this stuff happens more. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And it just like intrigued me and just dropped me back in. And it was like, okay, I can like design the life around me with people like this community like this with, weekends and days like this it doesn't have to be one time a year that I have picnics with oracle cards outside calling in the sacred directions like I can just live this whenever I want and and that's really what kept me moving so true so true community is just so important to to keep reminding us of what it what is also of what is what else is possible because you mentioned not wanting to just follow the the beaten path basically and I can so relate to that but then when we surround ourselves with people that are actually walking this path in my experience that sometimes makes me forget about other possibilities and about what I truly want and desire and long for whereas when I'm in a community that lives in a way that I I want to live like as well um it opens up possibilities and it opens up therefore this this deeper experience and this this more intuitive experience too oh totally and and if we look back at like past cultures that that had lifestyles that were more like this or um 
you know, just embody this kind of path, whether it was like indigenous people or, or pagans or actually witches, like it was all done in community. People lived together in community. People did their ceremony and rituals together. People would sit by the fire at night and cook food together. It wasn't, you know, we have all these solo paths now and it's just Mm -hmm. not how it was. And there's so much power in expanding and growing together and leaning on community. And um, you don't have to do your growth alone. You don't have to do your, your business alone. And when you have those people around you, it just magnifies what's possible. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's so much possible in community as well. Um, with the social media we we have, I mean, of course, it's a different kind of community than real life community. But I, if you have difficulties with, feeling, with finding people that think and act and live like you, I think the internet can be such a healing um, device, basically. Oh, yeah. That's definitely where I started a couple of years ago when I started like developing my brand and just connecting with people online. And actually, one of my closest friends I met on Instagram, and we've only met in person twice, but but she's amazing. And, and just using that as a way to almost like break into these kinds of communities, then I started attracting people in person after that. Interesting. Can you tell more about it? How you, how you started to attract people? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it both gave me um, like a knowing that those people were out there having the people that I was meeting online who were like-minded. And I started to find my own voice sharing on social media. And I started to find my own inner knowings more. So I started embodying this identity more in person and just that, that embodiment of the identity and the energy I was exuding, the confidence and the clarity I was exuding. People just started coming into my path and, and I started to, I um, was working an office job and I left that office job to go to a different full-time job, but that was more, you know, in person and facing customers and it just started to draw people in. Like I just started to meet people and like attract these people and like make friends with customers and, and all of these like witchy people just kind of started coming to me. And, and, and it just became effortless and just also found my confidence in reaching out to people too. Yeah. So what I hear you say is truly start embodying the person that you want to be basically and mm-hmm. then the people who are like that or who resonate with that will will come to you and you will attract those people and they will attract you oh totally yeah it's like when you're you're trying too hard to find people it's like this energy of like your energy body almost leaving and like this clinging energy and that's kind of a repelling energy and when you embody something embody that identity it's so magnetic and people are just drawn to you. It's like moths to the flame. Mm. And for the entrepreneurs um, among the listeners, would you say this works the same with clients? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely works the same. It's that's truly when people talk about manifesting clients, it's like, yeah, it's really comes from that embodiment of the identity and that magnetism. Yeah. Instead of like, I need clients, I need clients, because that energy just repels people. Yeah, and it's it's so easy to understand because you when you look at 
what people you yourself want to work with, even as an entrepreneur, you can see that you want to work with these people who have this specific energy around them, who feel so embodied and grounded in themselves. Mm -hmm. And you want to work with them because of who they are. So if you can actually embody who you are, um, people will want to work with you as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then you, the right people come to you and then it gets really fun. We just had that call with the other day where we were just like laughing and giggling and it's like, oh my God, it's like it gets to be fun. It gets to be fun. Yeah. And that's something we shouldn't forget either. And so let's see. Um, yeah, because on your website, you're right that you were ready to follow your passion and well, of course, you met this resistance of others, but even you were following your passion, um, you felt that in doing so, you ended up in frustration, confusion, and even busyness. Mm. And so I can imagine that this might resonate with some of our listeners, that they are ready to follow their purpose and are actually trying hard in following their purpose, but feel so stuck and can you talk a little bit about what got you unstuck and ready to take the next step? Yeah, and that was really at the the start of this path where I realized I wanted something different. I realized I wanted a different lifestyle and I didn't want to just do the office job and fall in line. So I was, you know, dedicated to finding a way to do that. And I was trying to look into like remote jobs or how to make a blog, make money or all of these different things. Or maybe I should go back to school and become a nutritionist or maybe a health Mm. coach or get this certification or that certification. There was just like, oh my, it was just like paralysis with too many options. And Mm. I knew the lifestyle, but I didn't really know like my passion and my purpose and like what was driving me at the core, what the mission was at the core. I just knew how I wanted to live and And I think ultimately what shifted that was when I decided to make the internal shifts and and switch the perspective and realize that like, it wasn't really about the financial freedom or the time freedom. Like, of course, those things are great. And now I have, have all this time freedom and it allows me to be in myself more, but it wasn't, it wasn't really that at the core. What I was craving was feeling purposeful, making an impact, having a mission and it really came, and the shift came from creating the freedom from within. I'm really focusing on the inner transformation and stepping into this, this true embodiment of myself. And then the rest kind of came. So it didn't really matter what the next step was once I did that. Any step I made was in alignment with that. Any step was on the path and I could detach from the exact outcome or expectation of what it had to look like. Um, Because if you are just so focused on like the lifestyle, then what happens when you have all of this time freedom and then you have so much time to just get in your head and you're not in alignment within yourself? So I think it really, it really takes starting there. Hmm. Yeah. And I can so relate to that. Sometimes it can be so hard that you, you mean, you, you know what you want, but then you're wondering, okay, what is my place in this lifestyle, in this community, in this way of living? What, what is my, my, what, what spot am I filling basically? And what you, what you're saying about, 
um, really doing the inner work and becoming yourself, then the spots that you are now filling basically, or that you are, your place will like, you will create your own, your own place within the community, within your life, within your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you, you also write, um, I believe you can't fully give to others if you aren't first taking care of yourself. Love yourself fully first. And so I agree with this a lot. And I think it also comes back to what you just said about, yeah, um, doing the inner work first and loving yourself first. But can you talk a little bit more about self-care and what, does, what it means to you? Yeah. Yeah. And I think self-care and self-love are within the same ballpark and a little different at the same time. Like people often think of self-care as like taking a hot bath or taking time for yourself, taking yourself on a little date. And, um, and I think self-care is taking that time for you is great and a great way to calm the nervous system down, slow down, especially like when women are on their, their menstrual cycles or during like the winter seasons, these are great times to do that more and slow down more. And I think really starting at the, the self-love level is so, is so, so important too. Um, and, and not just using these things as something like that you put on your calendar, like I'll do one hour of self-care or loving myself today. Like let it be a lifestyle, let it embody all hours of your day. Like when you're, if you work from home, like just make it, make it fun, take dance breaks, go outside. Um, or if you're at a job, like, you know, just, just focus on, on how, how can I love myself always? How can I embody this self-love and this self-care? And, and the best way I think to do that is what we were talking about before. Just, just true embodiment of your soul identity. Like that is the biggest form of self-care I could absolutely think of. Just, uh, just being wholly and totally yourself unapologetically. Mm, and it is such, it, is, it just is so true, but it can also be so hard. So what would you say to someone who, who would say like, yeah, I know, I know I need to, to be more of myself, but where do I start? Why does it take so long? What, what can I do or how? How? <laughs> mm. I would say you're probably trying too hard. I'd say stop trying. <laughs> hmm. Why is it like, Yeah. And I think when we're, we're on these paths of growth and, and whatnot, um, or, or creating freedom or creating a business, it's like, we just try so fucking hard. And it's like that trying energy creates resistance. And when you can just let go and surrender and just like let the walls down and just decide just decide, like decide, I'm going to let go. I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be who I am and do my path. It doesn't have to be hard. And, you know, and sometimes there are, um, as you know, with the NLP and all of that, sometimes mm -hmm. there are like past, maybe past life or whatever, emotional, mental resistances. And there are ways to, in your energetic body and in your subconscious mind, um, release some of these resistances so you can can make it easier but it's such a big part of it is just deciding and surrendering to to being all that you are and do you think there is this aspect of deciding 
who you are because I sometimes feel like people say like well if you want to be like maybe you you feel like oh, I want to be very successful in some certain job um, so start becoming that person who is successful in that job do you think it works like that that you can just choose and decide okay this is who I want to be so I'll start embodying that person or is it more about starting to discover who you are and then see who that person is yeah, and I do hear that a lot, especially in like the NLP world. And, and I think there is something to that. But I think it's so much more fulfilling to just focus on who you are. And then maybe that job isn't actually what you want or need. Maybe it's not actually in alignment with who you are. Maybe something else you didn't even know you wanted will come into line. And how much better does that feel to know that when you're just wholly you, everything you're meant to have falls into your path? Mm. And you don't have to try and be someone else to have success. Yeah, that is so true. And so earlier this year, I know you had an accident. And I know this has been an important moment for you. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like it was a big, a big shifting point for a lot more uprooting and growth and healing and expansion. Um, I didn't really realize at the time. And actually someone had told me that in their line of work, like accidents like that are big turning points for people. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I don't know what that would be. And then just looking back on the last five months and what's unfolded, it's like, whoa, yeah, okay. I can see that now. Yeah, because can you tell us what happened? Yeah, um, so I was just going to visit my mom for Mother's Day driving and had gotten to, it was dead stop traffic, so I stopped and looked behind me and there was a car way far in the back and they looked like they were going pretty fast, but they had plenty of room and as they got closer, I realized they weren't going to stop and they hit me while I was completely stopped going 40 miles an hour. So it totaled mm-hmm. my car, I don't know what it is in um <laughs> kilometers per hour but um it totaled my car and I got a concussion and whiplash and um was kind of couldn't work for a couple weeks was just very out of it one point couldn't move my neck at all and just um still still having some things from it but I also think there was there was quite an energetic component to it too the week leading up to it I was feeling this heavy dense energy and right as it happened before the pain actually set in while my body was still in shock energetically I felt really light like I felt like it had lodged not just lodged something in my body and like shook it out whatever had been like hanging on in there Mm. and you you're still suffering a little bit from yeah the 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 effects of this accident but how do you feel now about it? I mean, you say, yeah, I, I got, was able to shook out some, some energy that wasn't helping me anymore. Um, can you explain how, how that felt for you and how you feel this accident actually is one of these moments that led to growth? Yeah. And... You know, it was really the shifting point for so much. Like just four days later, I went to this event and decided to make this like huge investment in myself in an academy um, that I didn't intend to. 
and I was crying and shaking signing up for it and I think that that accident happened before was like shaking something out clearing things out so I could sign up for that and Mm. so much so many the right people have come into my path from that academy the right growth has happened from that like and also I think it shook up some things that have been hiding in my subconscious but hadn't made it to my conscious mind around like relationships and and sexuality and all of these things that I didn't want to own those parts it was like the shadow work and like forced the shadow work and and it also forced like a energetic a deeper energetic awakening like kundalini awakening which I didn't realize until a few months after that's what was happening I thought it was just physical symptoms but a lot of the intuitive things started um accelerating after the accident too can you explain what a kundalini um awakening is yeah and um, it's not something i'm an expert on by any means but kundalini is this um energy at the base of your spine that can lay dormant and um it's like a, a form of spiritual awakening that it can uncoil and start to to move up and you know you might feel the energy like shooting up your spine at times and and it's not it's usually not an easy thing and it's sometimes people want to force the awakening and it can actually be pretty dangerous to force it um definitely leads to some some deep openings but it can Mm -hmm. be very intense yeah i've heard that as well that you need really need to be careful about like forcing this um Mm -hmm. and there that's also why there is so much uh, mixed um opinions about uh kundalini yoga as well right yeah yeah there there are mixed opinions and it's not something i practice a lot but i've also heard the perspective that it's um preparing your body for when it does happen so that it's Hmm. not as intense um that's another perspective i've heard because what happens is like the kundalini energy itself is not what's causing these emotional physical symptoms it's just it's trying to move up and any shit that's in the way it's going to bring up to heal and clear out basically so it's like the stuff that you haven't faced is pretty much bringing up the symptoms yeah so basically forcing you to do the shadow work yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so you have a very magical course coming up this spring uh called earth school is that right yeah that's right (laughs) can you tell us more about that yeah sure yeah and um it's kind of an expansion off the work that i do i have my group program that right now i'm going to be doing once a year soul grounded that's just just starting this october and Earth School is kind of like the next level. Um, the, after this, you start this awakening and internal transformation. Earth School is really focused on a, a deeper collective expansion and, and really focusing on creating that community that, that we've lost in this society. We have a lot of disconnection from nature and disconnection from true community like back in the day we used to have so it's Mm -hmm. focused on a remembering of of older ways both through learning history of earth-based cultures and witches and also realigning with the earth seasons and cycles um so through ceremony through energetic alignments 
through learning folk plant medicine and um, and really just gathering together. So it's through four um, seasonal retreats here in the United States and also um, in between the retreats curriculum to help you continuously align with those seasons and cycles so you can align with that flow, align with that ease and, and really just um, know how to both work with the earth and give back to it because it, it, it needs us right now. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. So if people want to know more about that, they can go to livingearthy.com. Yep. And right now it's not up there until um, the beginning of the year, but okay. we are doing a pre-sale um, just, just by word of mouth and just, you know, they could connect with me if they want to hear about that. We're doing it at about half off at the moment until it's officially announced. Mm. And what are other ways in which people can work with you and experience your witchy vibes? Mm. Yeah. Well, if I'm not doing um, soul grounded as people are hearing this, is that'll be this fall and next fall. Um, I do work with people either at a distance if they're in another country or through private retreats. And next year around Samhain, we'll be likely hosting. Um, a shamanic retreat with someone oh that sounds juicy as well <laughs> and so is there anything that i didn't ask but should have asked you hmm. let's see anything else you want to share or want to mention i would say just what comes to mind is to just just lean into to you and let yourself slow down and um you know it's all happening it's all coming together and you don't have to force it and just just let it happen mm. thank you Kendall for this wonderful interview and if people want to know more about you or get in touch with you they can go to livingearthy.com or on Instagram it's livingearthy as well right Yep, exactly. And yeah, so thank you, Kendall, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for our conversation. I truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so good to, to get to meet you and know you more. And appreciate you having me on here. Thank you for listening to this episode and taking some time out of your day to remember your inner light. As always, all the links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. There you'll also find a link to a new special something that I created for you and it gives you a hint about the direction that I'm taking as a coach. I created a free dream recall checklist for you which will help you to remember the dreams you have at night. So you can use them as a compass to realize your daydreams. If that sparks curiosity, make sure to visit the show notes or go directly to rememberthelight.com slash checklist. It is rememberthelight.com slash checklist.